as we transition, as we make this big transition, the entrepreneurs are going to do very well. Um, and as Helena was saying, there's still some missing innovation. And if Minnesota and Finland get together and come up with some solutions, Minnesota and Finland are going to get rich together. It's going to be awesome. So I, I definitely see a, a big role for um, our corporate partners to, uh, to, to engage with Finland. Welcome to the Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesota with the world. Our mission is to advance international understanding and engagement in every corner of the state. We do this with a variety of programs, including our public events, K-12 education programs, great decisions discussion groups, and professional exchanges. To learn more, visit our website at globalminnesota.org. I'm Nicholas Hayen, Marketing and Communications Manager for Global Minnesota, and today we are continuing our new podcast series by interviewing some of the amazing people Global Minnesota connects with as we work together to bring Minnesota to the world and the world to Minnesota. On this episode, we are joined by Marika Oloranta and Helena Saren. They work for the organization Business Finland, which is dedicated to promoting Finland's international business ties. They will be part of a delegation of Finnish businesses and the ambassador of Finland who will be visiting Minnesota in May. And this trip will be focused on helping Minnesota businesses to learn more about decarbonization best practices. And this will take place on May 17th through the 19th. And we will provide details on how to connect with this delegation later in the show. I'm also happy to welcome Global Minnesota's own corporate relations officer, Steve Riedel. So welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. And today we'll be talking about Finland's major initiatives towards decarbonization and our own efforts towards transitioning to green energy here in Minnesota. To help meet our sustainability goals, Minnesota businesses are increasingly looking to countries like Finland for examples on how to implement this transition. This is also a major focus of Global Minnesota's new Sustainable Development Goals Roundtable series, which will focus on how private industry can achieve the UN SDGs. So let's start with our Finnish guests. Uh, tell us a little more about Business Finland, the upcoming visit, Finland's decarbonization targets, and maybe just a quick overview of what decarbonization means in the business sense. Okay, if I, if I start with a little bit introduction of Business Finland. So briefly said, uh, Business Finland is a governmentally funded organization, which is aiming at strengthening Finland's future competitiveness and growth. And we work towards these targets via several services. We are a national innovation funding organization, national export promotion organization, uh, national investing operator. So lots of national national things here. And uh, we have as well uh, units enhancing tourism to Finland, as well as attracting experts to come and work in Finland. My role here in Business Finland is to do this. Uh, my program is funding the Finnish companies to develop the technologies that can decarbonize the industry sectors. And then on the other hand, also uh, do the export business like now in, in to the Minnesota uh, for these technologies. And also hopefully then uh, launch these innovation ecosystems uh, to certain markets. And uh, if I if I continue from from this one about the Finland's decarbonization targets and and uh, 
my role at, at Business Finland is, is I'm heading uh, the a mission called a Zero Carbon Future, where we have stated that the target is to increase our global carbon handprint, meaning that Finland can be larger than her actual size in these thematics and in the businesses worldwide. And definitely for that aim, we are cooperating with partners worldwide because the challenges are so huge that um, no country, no company on her own can, 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 can solve these wicked problems. But then to the Finland's uh, decarbonization targets, and uh, we have actually uh, the most ambitious target of the world of being uh, carbon neutral by uh, 2035 and carbon negative uh, by 2050. And additionally, we have decided that we are phasing out coal uh, officially at the latest in 2029. But in reality, this uh, coal outphasing is taking place much earlier. Some cities ha have done it already, and a majority are doing in in 2025 or 2026, and around that one. Uh, in Finland, the most important sectors where we have to solve the decarbonization challenges are energy, industries, transport and mobility. So these three sectors. And in this uh, development, we have the role for both uh, public and private sector. So the uh, long term development has taken place by supported by regulation and legislation. Uh, but the main driver is definitely the willingness and commitment of our industries, as well as our consumers. And from the industrial point of view, uh, we have uh, the 14 of our main industry sectors have created on their own, uh, their own low carbon roadmaps. And this, I, I feel that shows very much the commitment from our industries. And obviously then, as Marika stated, she is working a lot with the industries and, and, and knows much more than what are the in, in practice, their um, key activities and, and what they are going to do in the future. And also regarding what we are looking for uh, in, in Minnesota visit. So uh, I think that my role is also to introduce the, for the Finnish companies, the new market and this Minnesota is really attractive as Finland and the Minnesota state have, a, have this memory of understanding. So it also means that the, uh, <clears throat> it's much more faster to do this kind of like a cooperation. I have these learnings already with the Michigan and Maine uh, States cooperation in my earlier career. And the aim of the visit is definitely have this knowledge sharing. Uh, what kind of like uh, cases you have there in, uh, in Minnesota, what kind of needs, what kind of statuses you are in this decarbonization. <coughs> then also to share the knowledge what the Finns have. Uh, what kind of solutions there is already now in order to take in a place to speed up the recording this decarbonization. And then hopefully, I like to also to think this strategically that the who to cooperate with. So hopefully also in the future, um, in near, near future time, we can also create this co-creation project that then we can together speed up this uh, process to develop these technologies in order also to 
speed up the process to save the world because we are in a quite much in a hurry and and uh, despite we have all these roadmaps and targets here in Finland we are definitely not able to do them alone so we are also looking for this like a long-term partnerships to do these developments and uh, this is a kickoff event also for that kind of activity. Yeah I think those are definitely some very uh very aggressive targets and uh you know congratulations to Finland for for working towards that and and for pushing the sort of pushing the boundaries on that um and you mentioned of course our partners with uh with Minnesota and what the United States is doing so I kind of want to kick it over to Steve you know in the United States we of course have our own energy transition that we're working on uh, which includes the recently passed inflation reduction act and so and that's of course on the national level uh, but Minnesota has our own goals for carbon-free energy by 2040. Not quite as great as Finland's, but you know, still, still some pretty lofty targets there. Uh, so, Steve, how are Minnesota businesses taking some of these laws and uh, these new practices into account as well? Well, thank you, Nick. I'd be happy to talk about both the IRA and the 2040 legislation that we have. Before I do, I'll just uh, introduce myself a bit further as corporate relations officer. Um, I work with Global Minnesota's corporate community to make sure they have an opportunity to engage with Finland and learn from them and also show Finland how we are doing things. Um, uh, Marika mentioned the, the uh, letter of understanding between Minnesota and Finland. Um, prior to joining Global Minnesota last year, I was with the state of Minnesota and worked very closely with the embassy in um, in coordinating that letter of understanding. And Minnesota should be flattered because Finland look carefully at which states to collaborate with, and they chose us. They had a letter of understanding with only two other states and said, you know what, Minnesota's doing okay uh, in this category. Maybe we should work with them. And so I'm personally very happy that Finland uh, chose Minnesota as a partner for everything that we're doing. And I agree, uh, Nick, uh, the 2035 goal is really ambitious. I mean, Minnesota just got done celebrating our 2040 legislation for one part of our economy, our electricity generation sector. Uh, Finland is committed to decarbonizing the whole economy by 2035 and being carbon negative by 2050. I didn't know that. It's so impressive. So when the ambassador is here, and we'll get to that later in the conversation, he's going to tell us at a high level how Finland's going to do it. And I cannot wait to hear that conversation. So on the IRA and 2040, um, when I talk to the business community about the Inflation Reduction Act, which is less about reducing inflation and more about, uh, about our clean energy future, in case you're not familiar with that legislation, the business community says the time is now. They think in the next 12 months, a lot of the money, the many billions in this bill, that that is going to be committed. So if a, if a corporate uh, entity is listening today, um, have a look at this now, because it might be tough to win over some of that infrastructure money next year if you don't look now. Um, Global Minnesota has two corporate members, uh, Dorsey and Whitney Law Firm and KPMG, the consulting firm, who both consult on this on the topic of how to take advantage of the IRA, because um, it does have some provisions which uh, give preference to uh, American companies and American products. So, um, you know, the, the Embassy of Finland has asked us, hey, help us figure out how to navigate IRA so we can play a role. And there is a way, but you might need some out, outside help. Um, there's also an accounting firm in, in Minnesota called uh, uh, Baker Tilly. They also consult on this. So if, if you're interested in some resources on 
interpreting the IRA for what it can mean for business, um, just let me know. I'm happy to connect you. On the 2040 legislation, it's really very similar. Um, we're transitioning away from fossil fuels. We're adopting cleaner energy. Uh, a lot of it is about transportation. Minnesota is moving ahead with the EV uh, revolution. Um, it's already happened in the Nordics. When I was in Helsinki in 2021, I was impressed. Everywhere you go, you see charging stations. And, it, and for the Finns, it's already happened. So for, for those of us in Minnesota who say, hey, you know, is, are we doing the right thing with this gigantic transition? Well, it's already happening elsewhere. So let's let's learn from the Finns. They're, they're already doing these things. So um, I'm, I'm excited for, especially for the business uh, opportunities that will emerge from all of this. Yeah, I think there's a lot of very exciting things that we can take away from this conversation and especially ways in which uh, Finland in this delegation that's coming in May can really help uh, Minnesota businesses to, to implement that here on the ground. Um, but of course, we know that you know, energy generation is really only one aspect of a truly green society. It's an important part, but it's only one aspect of it. So let's talk about energy sort of as a wider concept. What are some of the ways that that the entire energy sector sort of drives this transition? Okay, if I, if I continue from, from that one. So um, I have often said that the energy sector is actually an enabler of the whole society to decarbonize. And the reason is the one, the reason why this is the case is that close to 75%, almost 75% of global gas house gas emissions are one way or another related to energy sector. And here the three main sectors we are talking about are industries, uh, built environments, as well as in transport and mobility. So when we are talking about this a larger concept of energy, it does not mean only that we are talking about electricity, but we are also talking about fuels, either the fossil-based fuels as we are having now, or the new e-fuels, as an example for transportation and mobility. We are talking about heat for industries and heating houses, and uh, also various kinds of energy storage solutions. And, um, Energy sector is actually one of the key players, and it has the key player role in the new evolving sectors of circularity of energy. I call it the circularity of energy, which means that we are utilizing hydrogen, nitrogen, and carbon to create new fossil-free fuels, new fossil-free materials, fossil-free chemicals, and also, as an example, proteins. So there are lots of lots of new emerging businesses uh, replacing the existing fossil-based uh, 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 raw materials, but also creating new businesses. And at the moment, I could say the hottest topic uh, in this development is definitely the hydrogen economy, and that is uh, taking place worldwide. Uh, as uh, Helena mentioned, 30%. 30% of the emissions are generated by the industry sectors and the, uh, they have now took it sort of like a seriously, but the, it's also like an easy way to transform the energy to be green in order to cut down the emissions in order to be also attractive among their own customers and lower the emission emissions in the end products, which is really important, especially in Europe at the moment uh, because of these Green Deal targets and, and uh, also what the people are willing to buy. 
So in order to stay alive, you need to cut the emissions and the energy is sort of like an easy thing. The next, next thing is also that whatever kind of like energy you have, meaning green energy, is really important also that you use it wisely. So you sort of like uh, take care that the, all the energy operations and the systems and, and the materials are used wisely in that sense that you can also save the energy so that you are not like ruining any any energy what you are having and that has also a couple of the implications the first one is that what we faced here in 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 finland and also in europe because of this political political situation that the companies want to be also more in, independent uh, about the sources of the energy so the green energy is also something that they can maybe even run by themselves and they increase their resilience, but also the price. Uh, they are not so sensitive about the price changes of the electricity when they are sort of like transforming it in, in some sense in the clean energy if they are doing it in the right, in the right way. We say that the <clears throat> Finland is a great country for circular economy and usually people think about the materials. But it's also about this uh, heat and cold that you can, you're not sort of like wasting and, and sending it to the air. You are kind of like utilizing it as much as possible. So that, that, is, uh, that is something that the companies are now uh, looking for, that kind of solutions at the moment. In addition to decarbonization, it occurred to me that I, I, I have seen in some of Business Finland's promotional material that they rank number one in the world um, in circular economic thinking. Um, and this really impresses me. It's something that is catching on in the United States, but it's not in everybody's everyday vernacular to be talking about circular economy here. Um, in, in environmentally minded circles, you're hearing it, but I hope it catches on more. In Finland, it's in their DNA. So in addition to asking the question, how can I decarbonize my industry? How can I um, even as an individual, how, what, what actions can I take to achieve some of these goals? There's also the circularity of materials. I, I really appreciate what Helena had to say about the material side of thing, these, these things. So Finland um, is looking at the whole picture from beginning to end. Um, and that those are reasons why I am very high on, on Finland being a, a great partner for Minnesota for, uh, for these kinds of exchanges. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, um, you know, the circular economy, circular carbon economy really hasn't caught on in the United States very much. Um, the first time I heard that was last month, and that was when I was in Saudi Arabia. They were talking about it, and the United oh States hadn't heard anything about that yet. Um, so that was certainly uh, an interesting point for me. Um, but I think, you know, in when we talk about, of course, the entire energy generation cycle, um, and, and even more than that for a truly green society, there's also a lot of implications for agriculture and food production, isn't there? Since that is, um, as far as I know, one of the largest drivers of greenhouse gases can be agriculture and food production. Most definitely, Nick, you know, and uh, maybe uh, Helena and Marika can also comment on this, is that of the two delegations, there's sort of two sub-delegations coming with Ambassador Hautala to Minnesota. One is food and agriculture. The other is uh, digitalization. Um, along with decarbonization. But on the food and agriculture side, the overlap is definitely there. I expect that that part of the delegation will also be discussing uh, 
carbon footprint issues, um, because I have already connected some of our corporate members with Business Finland to pose the question, how might Finland and our companies partner on achieving their own sustainability goals? Because yes, um, uh, agricultural operations have a big carbon footprint and, and uh, they sometimes struggle. And sometimes even our own uh, agribusiness community complains that there's a lot of pressure on them and not on others. So we, we need to help them because if we're going to do this uh, globally, uh, comprehensively, um, we want to help our, our, our food and ag community. And Minnesota has a very big one. You know, we're very proud of that. It's a major part of our economy. And we have some of the world's biggest companies uh, each of which are taking their responsibility seriously, but I really like the idea that they can also uh, partner with Finland. So I'm, I'm eager to make sure that our corporate giants like General Mills, Hormel, Cargill, um, and Land of Lakes, that they interact with the delegation when you are here too. So, But I, I invite my colleagues from Finland, if they want to add anything on, on the subject of the food and agriculture sector and what that means for decarbonization. I think the circular economy is also something that it's regarding these material flows in, in the industries will be something that the, um, not maybe in the food industry, but in other industries, the bioeconomy is coming quite fast, but the food is already like a bioeconomy. Uh, if you think about it, it's of course about the green energy, but also the energy efficiency solutions and the digitalizations. But what I would like to highlight and also what the one, I know the one uh, research center is representing who will be visiting and overall, maybe the thinking from all the Finnish companies is that they don't sort of like waste any materials. If you have any kind of like a processes and there will be like a bio, you could say it as a waste, but there should not be any waste if you sort of like think food production because somebody has grown it and it, it has been uh, uh, travel to the yard and so, so, you, so you should somehow sort of like respect also the food so sort of like a evaluate also that how to uh, fine-tune your production lines in that sense that there is uh, as less as possible the waste and then also with the similar uh, systems you can de uh, lower your carbon emissions per certain food so that is sort of like a one example how you can fine-tune your, by only fine-tuning your processes, you can also decarbonize without investing in so much. Yes, exactly. So if I continue what Marika was, was, was saying, so uh, like food processing industry is a process industry as such. So they have a similar kind of challenges, but also similar kind of opportunities. So looking at the scope one, two and three in, in, in there, carbon neutrality targets and and there are several things that all industries can do and and uh, are very anxiously aiming towards those activities because uh, actually it's the consumers who are who are pretty much driving driving the change and they they want companies to take that kind of activities agricultural sector is is uh, uh, in many countries very very um, politically loaded and and uh, but but it's obviously it's a very large share. Well, depending on the countries, we are not the largest agricultural country when we think it world, worldwide. Um, our bioeconomy focuses very much in the forests, and they are very in, in important carbon sinks, which of of course is balancing our carbon neutrality targets from that perspective. However, from the agricultural production point of view, uh, this uh, development opens up also new business opportunities also for agricultural sector. 
meaning that producing, for instance, from the different kind of side and waste streams or 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 so forth, new fuels or so forth, where we are talking of biogas or biofuels or so forth. So uh, or or uh, utilizing these um, new uh, new fuels for their own own production and own activities and so forth, and having the circularity within that one, as well as also the agricultural sector is very much uh, forced also here in Finland to focus on on uh, treating uh, one way or another their leachate waters or, or something this effluents or something that kind of waters. So uh, that is something that needs to be taken care of a lot. But new business opportunities are also. But however, when we are looking at the circularity of energy, like, like I mentioned earlier on about the uh, recycling hydrogen, carbon and nitrogen, because they are the basic molecules that produce different kind of end products, as an example, new proteins. So what kind of a future agricultural and food processing industries we are having in a global scheme that remains to be seen. But there are certain elements there that there might be some changes in, in some decades to come, but nobody really has that kind of crystal ball at the moment. But um, uh, different players sh should have a focus on also different future scenarios as well. Yeah, and these are these are very large, complex systems that, that will take uh, some time to overhaul and uh, but I think it's it's um, encouraging to see and to hear that you're talking about um, not just that the businesses are interested in it, but that there is a consumer demand that helps to drive that. And I think that's what really ensures that this will continue to be a long-lasting, sustainable transition. Um, but even despite that, you know these these goals of carbon-free energy they tend to face some skepticism that they can be achieved, especially some of these more ambitious ones. So if you would, maybe tell us a bit about how Finland has implemented these programs and what we in the United States and in Minnesota can learn from that experience. Okay, th thank you, Nick. This is, again, a very, very large, large question and topic. But um, just to frame out a little bit the landscape, what we are talking about at the moment uh, related to Finland's electricity uh, scheme. And, and at the moment, these are the, now, the, now the statistics statistics from year 2022 and uh, then our co2 neutral electricity share was 89 percent so almost 90 percent and they uh, and this included all, all, also the nuclear power which is almost about one third of our our own own electricity production uh, and the renewables share was last year 54 percent in Finland and the domestic sources were close to 60%, the exact number being 57. Uh, we are very much focusing at the moment on, on building and increasing the renewables, especially in the wind energy. Yes, uh, solar is there in the picture, but during the winter time, it's, it's definitely, for obvious reasons, a little bit minimal. But during the summertime, uh, the, the share is, is much larger. But the main focus is definitely in the in the uh, wind energy. And there in the pipeline, there's a huge amount of projects. And not probably everything will be implemented, but the pipeline, the, the numbers we are talking about is, is in onshore, it's about 53 gigawatts, and in offshore, about 13, so one three gigawatts. Uh, and... Uh, in order to get this movement going forward, so in the early 2000s and onwards, we had very attractive feed-in tariffs in place in Finland, 
But nowadays, all the wind power that is being built happens and takes place on commercial basis. Uh, when we think it from a different perspective and different aspects, so um, uh, the municipalities where the wind parks are located and they are implemented, so they get a very nice uh, tax uh, tax payments from from the companies where they have the um, uh, or they get the, the additional income from the from from the wind parks, and this is an additional income from the municipalities, and they can provide services for the inhabitants. Also, the consumers, as, as Nick was referring to earlier on, are nowadays more and more aware of, of this uh, development, and also they are much more uh, needy, if I could use that kind of wording for, for towards the renewability, renewables as well as, as uh, sustainability. And in Finland, as an example, the consumers can select what kind of electricity they want to buy and more and more people are going towards buying 100% more 100% re renewable electricity we have also as a society enabled uh, the role of prosumers so the individual consumers can produce electricity and when they have excess electricity here we can we can sell it back to the grid so this activates also the consumers to pre be uh, individual uh, power producers as well. Uh, from the business wise, we see that the companies are much more uh, looking for locations. And that means not only cities, not only countries, but within the countries, the areas where there is uh, lots of secured renewable energy uh, electricity available. As we see, and I see it as well myself, that the uh, the future um, uh, winners in the business uh, are located in the areas which share the same values as the companies are. And the more and more companies are, are, are having the values, important values in sustainability, hence meaning that they are located in the areas where renewable energy is, is, is available. So this is from the business wise also very, very attractive. And we see it also from our perspective that it's not only the existing industries, but there's a potentiality for new industries to locate in Finland uh, uh, according to the renewables available. Uh, Finland has, has also stated that uh, we are aiming at producing 10% of e European Union's clean and clean hydrogen by 2030. And uh, from our perspective, we don't want to be only the exporters of uh, clean hydrogen to Central Europe, but we want to build the green transition uh, based on this availability of clean hydrogen. So again, not only the existing industries, but we want to attract new players to come to Finland based on the uh, availability of clean energy and clean hydrogen. And, and uh, also, and, and that means definitely the renewal of industries and totally new, maybe a little bit out of the box industries as well. For instance, this new protein production taking place. So that kind of developments uh, have have taken place, and we are seeing or foreseeing that that, that could could also take place. I personally like the the terminology. What I heard yesterday is uh, 1.5 degree 
Celsius degree uh, lifestyle. And it means that the, this is Paris agreement that we need to limit the global warming to 1.5 Celsius degree. And this 1.5 Celsius degree lifestyle means that how I as a person should live in order to do my part. And it made me also think that the what kind of choices I need to make. And when we have, we have had these implications now in Europe, maybe not in Finland yet about this global warming, but in Europe, when I discuss with my colleagues who live there and with the friends, so they, they see the implications already. So it's, it's kind of like evident that it's happening. And uh, I think that, and things can also change quite rapidly. So maybe in one year time, it can be even, the most critical uh, purchase decision making that the what is the carbon oxidate level of the products when they are making the decisions. Uh, it will matter and the companies if they are not making the changes so there will be most probably the implications I would say. Oh, that is at least what I see at the moment because I, I discuss with this international industry sector players on a weekly basis. Exactly, and if, if I continue where Marika ended, uh, so definitely in this development, the public sector has a role, but I see it's more like an enabler, so setting the targets and showing, showing the direction, but we really, really need to have the private sector on board. It doesn't happen without the private sector and the companies and the industries. Not only in the in the way of they, they, that they are implementing new technologies and solutions and so forth, but also developing new ones. And within within that uh, innovation part, we definitely need much more international cooperation. And uh, it was actually quite devastating figures that the International Energy Agency, the IEA, has stated that. Uh, um, Quite a large share, it was almost 50% of the new innovations. We are lacking those in carrying us after 2030 to carry us through the net zero in 2050. So we definitely need much more cooperation within the territory of the innovations and also looking out of the box and, and having this cross-sectoral solutions. And how I see, that what is a Finland superpower in addition to this technological expertise what we are having is the term uh, which was mentioned early on, the including and involving the circularity within these more traditional sectors, but as well linking uh, the digitalization into these, these uh, more traditional sectors. And that is something we definitely need to look more closely because at the moment they are definitely on a global level, we have underutilized the potential of both circularity and digitalization to, to, to uh, solve the huge challenges we are having. But definitely private sector needs to be on board. And I think that is one of the cornerstones of our joint cooperation. It's, it's, it's focusing exactly on that one. Nicely expressed, Helena. Uh, I. I appreciated everything you had to say about the role of the private sector. I liked what Marika had to say about Finland wants to do even more, even though the population of the country is exactly the same as Minnesota, it's 5 million. 
Um, as far as I'm concerned, Finland is really a superstar in this equation, and that's why I continue to emphasize my hope that Minnesota companies will pay attention when you come here. One more quick story I want to mention about, you mentioned the need for other players to come to Finland. A story we discussed with the embassy from last year is Microsoft choosing Finland as a location to build a data center because Fortum, which is one of your leading energy companies, was able to demonstrate the capacity to capture the waste heat uh, from a data center. I mean, we're going to keep building more data centers. They're carbon footprint heavy. They generate a lot of heat and a lot of energy. And why not capture that waste heat? To me, this is where Finland and Minnesota should be talking frequently because we have cold weather climates. So that's another great success story that um, has impressed me about, uh, about Finland's leadership in being smart about things like waste heat. We have learned to utilize everything we have and we were forced to do that. So, so utilizing the excess heat from the data centers, we have, doing that, we have been doing that for decades. Likewise, we are taking the excess heat from the wastewater uh, I mean, to circulate it and putting it back to the district heating network and heating our houses and so forth. So that has been a very strong drive at the cold climate and, and the lack of our own uh, fossil, fossil resources. And, and uh, in the nowadays world, these are uh, good learnings and good best practices and good solutions that could be utilized also in other, other areas to, to do the same. Yeah, I think there's so many efficiencies that we can realize that, that you guys are working on in Finland and that maybe that we are working on in Minnesota that we could implement here. Uh, so Steve, I wonder what other takeaways do you think uh, we can gain from this conversation that maybe our corporate members can use to help with their decarbonization goals? Well, to me, the biggest one is it's a global issue and it requires global collaboration that we cannot simply think um, uh, inside of our own box, our own borders. I think about the fact that uh, uh, that it is often in the news that uh, China's uh, air quality issues affect all of us, that uh, Chinese air pollution circles the globe. Um, so we all feel it. So that means if our neighbors are not decarbonizing, we still we still will suffer. So, and there's really two, two ways I hope our corporate uh, community will think about it. One, they all have SDG goals and they can learn from Finland and they can learn from this discussion how to accomplish their own SDG goals, sustainable development goals. That's angle number one. Angle number two is many of these companies have a solution. Minnesota's digital technology community is paying close attention to how efficiencies created by digital technology play a role in energy efficiency um, and, and being solutions that lend themselves to decarbonization. So as we transition, as we make this big transition, the entrepreneurs are going to do very well. Um, and as Helena was saying, there's still some missing innovation. And if Minnesota and Finland get together and come up with some solutions, Minnesota and Finland are going to get rich together. It's going to be awesome. So I, I definitely see a, a big role for um, our corporate partners to, uh, to, to engage with Finland. That's, that's my summary for the big takeaways from this discussion. Your big summary is uh, let's all get together and get rich together, right? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good sales pitch. So I guess how can uh, Minnesota businesses get involved with this delegation that'll be coming in May? Then, sure, I'm happy to share a couple of specifics that have just emerged in the last few days. 
First of all, mark your calendar for Mar May 17 through 19. That's the dates that Ambassador Hautala and the business delegation will be in Minnesota. One event that uh, will be a signature event for this discussion uh, takes place on May 17th. Uh, Fagri, Drinker, Biddle and Reef. That is a law firm that is also a Global Minnesota corporate member. They will host at lunchtime on the 17th. A, uh, a networking event where Ambassador Hautala will talk at a high level, how will the country get to that 2035 goal and how should Finland and Minnesota work together? And our corporate community will be invited to that. Uh, we expect that one to be open to the public. Um, the honorary consul for uh, Minnesota in Finland is uh, Elaine Kumpala. She is a partner um, at that law firm. So she will help us put that event together. We will also partner with our own Finnish American Chamber of Commerce, uh, Minnesota chapter, they will help us put together that event too. Secondly, there will be an evening event just now coming together with brand new Global Minnesota corporate member, Upanor. Upanor North America here in Minnesota is uh, Upanor's uh, uh, national headquarters in the United States. They make uh, piping for water systems. They also do radiant floor heating. They just joined us as a corporate member. They will host uh, Ambassador Hautala and the delegation for an evening reception. Hasn't been yet announced, and that event is likely to be invitation only, but I'm very hopeful that some of our uh, uh, Global Minnesota corporate members will be invited to that. Uh, then I want to mention that I'm talking regularly to the Embassy and Business Finland about engagement with our corporate members. The, the Embassy would like to interact while here with Cargill, Target, Hormel, 3M, General Mills, and other uh, well-known Minnesota Fortune 500 companies, and there's room for more. We're still looking at more engagement, so we want to make sure every Global Minnesota corporate member and other Minnesota companies have a chance to engage if they are interested. I organize a periodic event called the Sustainable Development Goals Roundtable. We will probably have one event branded in that series while here. That will probably be the event that I just mentioned with Fagri. But even in September, we have another one coming up. Uh, Germany is sending us a delegation of smart grid companies. We won't talk about that one much today, but just monitor uh, Global Minnesota's uh, communications because if this topic of sustainability interests you, we will regularly cover it in that series. Uh, so get in touch with me. Um, first of all, you can monitor our website, but if you if you have listened to this story and you wanna get in touch with Global Minnesota, you can reach out directly to me um, my name is Steve Riedel, and my email address is sriedel, R-I-E-D-E-L, at globalminnesota.org, uh, .org. So reach out to me. I have, I'd be happy to dialogue with you about how to intersect with the delegation while here. Um, and I also want to say, uh, I, I think, uh, uh, Marika, you're going to be joining the delegations. And, and what about you, Helena? Are you coming too? Uh, at least at the moment, no. At least at the moment, no. Well, we'll try to persuade you. We'll find a way to get you to come. We would love to have you here. But at least we know Ma Marika is coming. We'll get a chance to say welcome to Minnesota. So uh, uh, grateful for the opportunity to share a few details. And, and please come help us welcome uh, uh, Ambassador Hautala and the delegation in May. And if I may add to this, that this is sort of like a kickoff for this cooperation, but let's not like limit to only this uh, this event and the middle of the May event. And uh, if anything, so the listeners can always contact us and uh, 
then we can check that what we can so how we can support you. Well said. This is conversation number one and what we hope will be many in the years ahead. Great. Marika Helena, thank you again so much for joining today. And we really look forward to seeing you again when you visit in May. So that's all the time we have today. Uh, you can learn about the delegation visit and the new SDG roundtable series from Global Minnesota by contacting Steve Riedel or by visiting globalminnesota.org. And uh, thanks again, of course, to Marika and Helena and to Business Finland for organizing this delegation. Thanks as always to all of our members of Global Minnesota who make our programs possible. Now, of course, be sure to check out our website at globalminnesota.org where you can find information about upcoming events, learn more about our international programs, and sign up for our weekly newsletters. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.